Is it? Yeah. Oh, I know we said that we would have a, a longer episode for Christmas, but it really was about the same length as some of our other shit, especially when we ramble. So today we're going to do one we've been talking about for a minute and kind of forgot about, just like, you know, we'd be doing that. The Snoop Dogg murder trial. Do you have any news? I don't think so. Well, we're going on a cruise in a few days. How oh, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also on a new radio station, so if we have any listeners in Austin, Texas... I'm your new morning host on 101X. Um, yeah, let's go into this whole thing. Snoop Dogg murder trial. I used a few different sources for this. Oh, do you want to introduce the show? We've Not really, but It's been a while can. since we've done sources. <laughs> Sorry, I just kind of sprung this on Jake. He like literally walked right in the door. I was like, are we recording today? Yeah. Ugh. Wake up. No, it's too late in the afternoon. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Death by Music Podcast. This is a Patreon, is it? No, this is a normal this is, episode. I mean, it's kind of an extendo. We extendo. haven't done an extendo yeah, done in a, a fucking minute. Yeah. Because um, we kind of started that when we were taking a little bit longer to research uh-huh. our full episodes. We would drop extendos on Wednesdays in place of those full episodes. But uh, yeah, this definitely isn't a mini and it's also researched. I want to call it an extendo because it's a little bit longer. Sure. And. It's been, it's probably been like a year and a half or two years since we've released one of these things. All right, sources. Yeah. There was a Disgraceland podcast by Jake Brennan, a, an iHeart article by Lauren Crawford, encyclopedia.com article on the trial, and then complex.com had an article by Joe Price. So again, this is the Snoop Dogg murder trial. I didn't know a whole lot about this at all. I knew that he had been on trial for murder but like the details of the case did he try and kill someone like what the fuck actually happened here and it's it's interesting and i'm glad that you know it turned out the way that it did because now we have the infinite entertainment that is snoop dog or <laughs> snoop or whatever he's being called now yeah All he right. had that that stunt recently too or uh he where he was like I'm, I'm giving, giving up, up smoke. smoke, and then it's like for a fucking grill. <laughs> Everyone was like, yeah, because he's just going to eat edibles. Right. Like, obviously, that makes sense. Uh, and then it was for a grill. I well, swear, I think it was last night, I was watching TV, I think it was Pluto TV, and that has commercials on it. And I swear, I saw two or three different commercials with, uh, what's her name? Martha the, Stewart. Martha Stewart. And she's... She's doing like you know her and Snooper like like they're homies. besties in in they a, have a cooking show I thought I, I think they might have too or they've they've done an episode of one yeah but anyways these commercials Snoop's not in the commercials but she's like referencing him in the commercials yeah. like she's getting a tattoo like Snoop on her arm <laughs> or some shit or she's like oh I'm hanging with my homies and it's like a weed reference or some shit I don't even yeah. remember what the fuck they were trying to sell but I was, I was just like what the hell it love, was it was weird anyways Snoop related anecdotes Content. yes <laughs> okay so. Snoop Dogg was raised in Long Beach, California, and nicknamed Snoopy because of his love and likeness to the character from Peanuts. He started rapping in sixth grade, and as a teen, he started getting involved in gang activity. Snoop joined the Roland Twenties Crips gang in Long Beach and racked up several arrests in the following years. So, did he actually join, or was he just like affiliated? Because I, I, I don't know that. My understanding is that he wasn't an actual member member. So, yes, he is technically a Crip. The Roland Twenties are a subset of Crips from Long Beach, and there are like eight hundred different subsets. So these are like sub. 
uh, gangs, I guess, that are overall under the umbrella of blue. They have got about 35,000 members total. Yeah. And then overall, are you red or are you blue? Um, and when I was working with like Harley Davidson and stuff, kind of what I gathered, because there were, there were like the big five, I think, of 1% motorcycle clubs and 1% are the ones like the Hells Angels, the uh-huh. Outlaws, whatever. And you could be in like a smaller motorcycle club, which I can't think of the one that a lot of the guys were in, where they were affiliated with the Hells Angels, Mm -hmm. but they weren't in the Hells Angels. They were in their own little club, but they're not technically considered a one percenter, but they support the Hells Angels. Uh, We're not from the West Coast. We know nothing about history. Yeah. And social organization. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't done our Tupac and Biggie episode. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a and that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, and there's gonna be a lot of learning of this like culture and gang culture because like I don't know shit about it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on in the 90s either, and I don't know what was going on on the West Coast. I so. remember hearing about a lot of it, but it was, it was kind of beyond me, out of my realm. It's and now like, I heard about it politics. on the news, and that was it. Yeah, it's a lot of politics that I don't fucking understand. Yeah. All right, so anyway, so he started working with Dr. Dre and began work on Doggy Style, which was Snoop's debut album containing songs like Gin and Juice and Who Am I? What's My Name? The album also contained a song called Murder Was the Case, And soon, Snoop would be dealing with a murder trial of his own at 24 years old. While working on Doggy Style, Snoop was arrested in August of 1993 after a member of a rival gang was shot and killed by his bodyguard, McKinley Lee Malik. So the story goes, the Crips had a heated run-in with the other gang at an apartment complex. Snoop heard a commotion outside of his house and his bodyguard went outside to investigate. He found a car full of street gang members arguing with their friend, Sean Abrams. Apparently, someone from Snoop's camp flashed a gang sign in the rival gang's territory. Malik. Bad idea. Yeah, I mean, just throwing up gang signs. But for them, bad idea or not. What if he was deaf and he's just trying to say hi, guys? Yeah, I don't think think it works like that. So Malik got... uh, He got the car to go away, but he did recognize one of the passengers in that car as a guy named Philip Walder Merriam, a.k.a. Little Smooth. And that guy had recently pulled a gun on Malik at a video shoot. So, like, there was some history there. He's seen this motherfucker before. Was it a part of the video? Was it a scene in the video? Or was it, like... I think they were just on the video (laughs) set, and then this dude pulled a gun on him, is what it sounds like to me, because he was offended. If it was part of the video, he wouldn't be offended. So they had some shit happen before, I guess. Hours later, Snoop ran into that group again at a picnic table in Palms Park. He drove up with his Jeep as Philip Walder Merriam and his friend Jason London were eating. Little Smooth, a.k.a. Philip, he stood up saying he wasn't trying to pull anything. And then Malik stood up out of the top of the Jeep, took out his pistol and aimed it at Little Smooth. So according to Malik, Little Smooth had actually pulled out his own 380 from his waistband uh, prompting Malik to shoot him as Snoop ducked back into the Jeep. Okay, so that doesn't sound like he was directly involved there. Right. He didn't He yeah. didn't instigate it. But he was driving. Just from that information there. No, yeah, but he was driving, and, and so is he an accomplice to this? Because, you know, how like if, you, if there's I, a burglary... Um, I guess it depends on what he did after right. the shooting. Well, the... 
the way that I'm looking at this and like coming from like having a criminal justice degree, one uh-huh. thing they drilled into our heads was like, if there's a, if there's like an armed robbery or something like that, you, you go up to the bank, you can still be charged as an accomplice. If you drove the car, if you knew what the fuck was about to happen. Yeah. If you knew. Yeah. yeah if you were just, if they said, get in the car and drive and you drove and you were like, what the hell is going on here? And then they get out, they rob the bank, they shoot somebody in the bank. Like you can't. They're not going to come at you for murder charges because you had no idea. But if you drove the car willingly and knew that they were going to cause some trouble and bring guns and somebody dies, then you can be held like responsible for that as well. So anyways. Right. Okay. We'll get into the court yeah, case yeah, here yeah. in a minute. Because uh, I got some thoughts on that. Yeah. So Little Smooth fell to the ground after being shot and Snoop sped off. Smooth's body was found by police near a carport unarmed. Snoop, Malik, and the other passenger, Sean... They all went into hiding and charges were filed against them. Snoop's lawyer negotiated surrender and bail terms and Snoop attended the MTV VMA ceremony where he proclaimed his innocence on stage. So he's like on the run when he goes to the VMAs. No shit. Yeah. Um, He turned himself in that night and was called to trial in 1995 for the incident. All right. Yeah. Charges against Sean were dropped when the case got to court. Um, He was just like hanging out in the backseat. The defendants were Snoop and Malik, charged with murder, voluntary manslaughter, conspiracy to commit assault, and an extra charge of accessory to murder after the fact for Snoop. So now putting my criminal justice hat back on to define some terms. Uh, Murder versus voluntary manslaughter. Murder is the deliberate killing of one human by another. And voluntary manslaughter is killing with intent, but without premeditation. So murder, you planned in advance. You knew when you came up that this is what you were going to do. You had a plan, whatever. Voluntary manslaughter would be killing in the heat of passion. So they got into a fight and they shot each other. The reason why they're charged with both of these things, we're trying to figure out which one they are guilty of. Was it planned? Was it not? And the fact that they had seen these guys earlier in the day and then came up on them again is now questioning the intent. Was it a just happenstance that they came on these guys again and that ended up with somebody dying or were they looking for them? Okay. Now, the other thing that was a charge was accessory after the fact. And accessory after the fact is when somebody aids a perpetrator of a felony by helping that perpetrator avoid or escape authorities. The person is providing assistance and is criminally liable as an accessory after the fact. So here's where Snoop comes in. He was driving the car. Did he help this guy escape uh, Malik from by driving him away in the car? So one person must have committed a felony. Somebody else had to know that the perpetrator committed was charged with or was convicted of a felony. And after the felony was committed, the other person hid or otherwise illegally aided the perpetrator and took actions intending that the perpetrator avoid arrest, trial, conviction or punishment. That came from Los Angeles criminal lawyer dot pro. So thanks for the source there. Okay. Uh, the trial took place from November of 95 to February of 96. The funny thing is, even if this hadn't happened, the, the LAPD did have enough to bungle the case on their own. You know, they'd just be fucking shit up. 
They destroyed Little Smooth's clothes, bullets, and even the shell casings from the scene. They had also recently mishandled evidence in the infamous O.J. Simpson trial, leading to his controversial acquittal. Mm. The prosecuting attorney tried to get ahead of it by admitting in his opening statement that the evidence was gone, an admission that made the jurors literally roll their eyes. The prosecution focused the case on pushing that Snoop and Malik had hunted Little Smooth down and shot him in the back. Because no firearm was found on Smooth's body, they thought that it was a pretty clear case. But they have no other evidence at this point, so no, they but can't. They're, 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 they're just running a story. Yeah, they got to call a bunch of witnesses and, and try who, to get who's who's snitching. Honestly, that's that's, that's the what point. We're, that's what we're gonna get to. Yeah, <laughs> who's gonna fucking say something? So right. we're just waiting for anyone. At trial, there was a lot of debate about Snoop and Malik's case of self-defense. Two gang members told police on site that the dead man was unarmed but later recanted and said that they hid the gun that he was carrying. At trial, Jason London testified that Smooth was indeed carrying a firearm and had taken aim at the others. He hid the gun to protect Smooth. Well, it's a little late for that. He's already dead. I don't think he knew he was going to die. You know, he just saw shit happen, grabbed it off oh, of so him, he didn't die and left at... him. Okay. Yeah, because his body, they were at a picnic table. I was table. wondering about that. They, yeah, they were in a park and then he, they found him at a at a garage or something which yeah so he either like somehow managed to crawl over to a carport or they 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 moved moved him him over there but uh he wasn't at the picnic table anymore and he did not have the gun on him Mm, so i think they didn't know if he was gonna actually die or not um because it's it's possible that if he did get shot and he survived that they wouldn't have gone to the police about it because they're all you know they're in gangs and shit what if they have warrants out you know they don't they don't they're call trying the, not they to don't be, call the cops on each other. Yeah, they're trying not to be connected to any of it either. So Yeah, so it's possible they would have probably dealt with that on their own if he hmm. had survived. Um so anyways, he also testified that Smooth was prone to acting irrationally and Snoop had absolutely nothing to do with the initial confrontation at the apartment cuz he was just sitting inside the whole time. Right. At trial the jury requested to tour Woodbine Park where the incident happened. The judge thankfully denied that request stating that the park had since been remodeled. And it would be misleading, and it was also dangerous out Well, there. yeah, people be getting shot there. Right. So when they're like, let's go, let's take a field trip to the park where dudes just get shot in broad daylight. That's interesting, you- though. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a jury requesting to do that. Yeah. Like, they have to bring... I, I've only ever seen them, like, you have to provide evidence there in the courtroom. That's... I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, me neither. Um, prosecution tried to prove that the wounds couldn't have been in self-defense, that the victim was shot in the back. But once the examiner was brought in, he emphasized that his report said the wounds were lateral or sideways, not necessarily from the front or back. Once this information was unveiled, it helped Snoop secure the not guilty verdict on the murder charges after six days of deliberation. They did remain deadlocked in favor of acquittal on the voluntary manslaughter charge, uh, and the judge declared a mistrial. Snoop had to wear an ankle bracelet, and Little Smooth's family filed a wrongful death suit against him. They settled out of court in August of 1996. And, you know, we hear these terms all the time, but just so we really understand what exactly they mean, like a wrongful death suit in California, the law allows surviving family members or the estate to sue for damages when a person dies as the result of someone else's wrongful act that could be negligent, reckless or intentional. And uh, you can get two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand dollars, generally speaking, for wrongful death in California. Hmm. 
Quote, they made the right decision, you know what I'm saying, said Snoop, who along with Lee remained free on $1 million bail. This has been an ordeal that has affected our lives for the past two and a half years. I was just trying to figure out if I was going to be here to raise my son. This trial was happening as Snoop Doggy Dog was becoming the most popular rap star in the States. His album Doggy Style sold over 5 million copies and the song Murder Was the Charge was promoted heavily. It came with a video portraying Snoop as a man who killed someone in self-defense but was still found guilty. Oddly enough, the lyrics said, My boo-boo's about to have my baby, referencing a murder. But these lyrics were written before any of these events ever occurred in Snoop's life. And once it was out, he did end up having his first child, Corday, I want to say, and going to trial for murder. So, like, he wrote this whole thing just for the album and then it ended up happening you know right and that that's where uh just because somebody writes a song with this type of uh theme or imagery doesn't necessarily mean it happened to them right they're and they're just writing you have you can't just go off that and you, you have to prove that they actually did something yeah and that's like something that's been up in the last i don't know handful of years lately about hip-hop artists and i feel bad for them because they're definitely being targeted for their lyrics oh but, they always and like they say oh you can confess to a crime in the lyrics of a song but like yeah but you can also storytell like have you ever fucking listened to cannibal corpse because i have a feeling <laughs> or or uh, uh who the, the guys out of richmond um guar guar yeah i mean if we're if we're looking at lyrics as confessions then there's some pretty fucked up shit in the metal scene, and I feel like they're so, yeah. not getting the same amount of hate no. that hip-hop artists are. No, so. they, they, it's, it's nothing new. They've been targeting them for decades. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, and the story was like, it was a fictional story, mm -hmm. and it, it just so happened that in his life something similar uh, was going on. So once uh, Snoop says, once he was born, I had to reflect on what I wrote. I want to live. Not I want to die, he continued. Having my first son, to see him, how he loved me, how he wanted to be around me, how he wanted to be in my arms, how we would do interviews because he'd just come sit on my lap. That shit, that was touching to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, fuck <laughs> Snoop Dogg. This is a little uh, child right here to love me. I think that me having him and some of my friends not having babies or having that relationship with their babies caused them to not write about life because they were so used to writing about death. Yeah. It, it, if that's your lifestyle, that's that's what you're living. Yeah. That's kind of what you know. So Snoop started to change his writing for his second album, The Dog Father, where he says he lost a lot of fans because they wanted him to, quote, keep it gangsta after the murder case. They wanted him to glamorize it, but he recognized that somebody's life was lost and his own life was changed. The whole case attracted critics who blamed gangsta rap for glorifying gang violence. Uh, rappers came back saying that they were, what you just said, writing right about it, what yep. they know and what was actually happening in their communities. Yeah. Quote, I had learned my lesson from writing Murder Was the Case that maybe I shouldn't be writing about devilish shit like this when I can control the narrative and write about life, living. I'll see you tomorrow, he said. Hey, how about this song, I Live to See Tomorrow, not I See Death Around the Corner. I'm going to be dead in 10 minutes. No, fuck that. Not this song. I'm living. So that is the story of Snoop Dogg's murder trial. He didn't do shit. Not really. I mean, they they obviously went to confront these guys. They saw him sitting in the park. They went to confront him, but he had yeah. 
doesn't look like he had any intention on killing the guy. Maybe they could have gotten in a fist fight or right. something. Right. So I think the big, uh, the big thing that they were trying to figure out is: did they go to the park because they knew those guys would be there? Because that would be a or, case of intent. Or did they just happen to be driving by and spotted and them? And saw them, and yes. Because go. that's the difference between premeditated murder yeah. and second degree or like heat of the moment would just be, it just happened and emotions got heated and then you fucking, well, yeah, that's like, that's a big difference. Even still, I would say if they knew that they were in the park and they went there to confront them, I don't know that Snoop would have also at st- even then been there to he shoot could, them. He would have still been an accomplice because he knew that, that his bodyguard was armed. He knew that if, if if they planned on going to the park to find these guys, he knew his bodyguard was armed. He knew they were going to confront him and he drove the car to make it happen. So it's only safe to assume that he's he's armed. Someone's going to get shot or whatever. Like that's that's an easier case to decide than hmm. If they didn't even, if they were just like totally over the whole fucking situation from earlier, not even thinking about it, and they were just going to McDonald's or whatever they have in California, I don't fucking know, and saw them, and then they were like, oh shit, there's those guys again, you know? But it does look like the other guy had the gun, pulled the gun too, so it wasn't just they rolled up and shot him in the back, it was they saw him, he had also pulled a gun. It's plausible that it was self-defense. Oh, yeah, because I, I, uh, you said the, the bodyguard popped out of the top of the Jeep, pulled his gun on the guy, yeah. and then the other guy pulled his gun. I would see that as being self-defense. Somebody's pointing a gun at you, you got a gun on you, you can pull it. And now know. that guy's pointing a gun at you, so now maybe you're doing self-defense. I don't know. At that well, point, no, it's not, a fight. At, not at that point. It, it's the, the Whoever's pointing the gun first, that's the guy that's in the wrong, because the other guy pulling his gun out second to defend himself, potentially, if he'd have shot the bodyguard before the bodyguard had shot him that they could have ruled that as self-defense i would assume yeah see what i'm saying yeah well i mean either way they they settled out of court financially with the family and right you know they were just on like probation or whatever so yeah uh i mean good on snoop for having that realization and and turning himself in and stuff a little bit there yeah another thing that would have been so uh, like an accomplice after the fact is the fact that he didn't stick around to like wait for cops, you know? Well, because none, if you none of, if you go into hi- yeah. not even the guy's friends. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you go into hiding, which is what they all did, the three of them, they went into hiding. They weren't like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Which is what the cops want you to do. If something happens, if there's like a crime scene or whatever, and you come out and you're like, "Hey, uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but like here I am. Let's talk about it." Then that's better than doing something yeah. running. And now being like a fugitive, like you're wanted because that if you ran, then that means, you know, you did something wrong, which also leads to like, okay, well, did you do it on purpose then? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people do shit and they don't know that it was wrong and it makes it a little bit more complicated. I've, I've heard stories like that before. Yeah. And if you help someone hide, then you're an accomplice after the fact. You might not have even been there when that shit happened. But like if you're harboring a fugitive, like, okay, now you're an accomplice even though you weren't there when the actual thing happened. I mean, it's it so- confusing. Yeah, it, and it sounds like, uh, obviously, after the cops had already determined that Snoop and the, the bodyguard mm-hmm. were the culprits, it's like, okay, well, they, they have us. We need to yeah. turn ourselves in. So yeah, I mean, he, they probably it, it sounds to- like he didn't go, you know, go out with a fight. He's like, 
he went to the VMAs. I'm like, look, I'm innocent. And then just turned went to himself his in. lawyer. Yeah. Went to his lawyer, got that, you know, deal thing like worked yeah. out. So interesting. Yeah. And um, that was an, that was an interesting story. We don't deal with murder a whole lot. There were a couple that were more of the like true crimey type. Uh, Bobby Fuller. Yeah, he's the, they what they like Sam doused Cook. him in gas. They beat the shit out of him, doused him in gas, and lit him in a, on fire in his car out in a parking lot somewhere. Yep, that episode is like it season like two or, or two. three. Yeah, I th- yeah, so it's way it's somewhere back there. That one was sketchy. Sam it, Cook that was, was going to get redone. Mm-hmm. Sam Cook was kind of a murder too, sort of. Yeah, I mean that one was sketchy. Those were the more like crime based yeah. ones. Um, so. Yep, we got a we got a re-record of Mindy McCready coming up soon, and that's from season two. So we are slowly working our way back through that. Just FYI, and um, I'm not sure when in January this new episode for Randy Rhodes is going to come out, but it's going to come out in January, maybe this Wednesday, probably, which would be the third. I feel like that's a sure. good, that's a good day. Whatever I'm thinking the first do. week of the month is when we'll drop new episodes. I'll so, try to, yeah. Well, we're going to try very hard to. <laughs> I'm prepared to do that. It's basically, it's on you guys and Cassie's schedule. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. And uh, coming up down the line for our mini episodes, I've got one on tone deafness because this shit was really pissing me off. I don't understand tone deafness. I do a little bit more after researching it, and I figured we need to talk about this. You're talking about the current use of that term? What do you, what's the current? No, I'm talking about the, the not PC understanding. Correct. No, I, what I or mean like is actual tone deafness. When you can't fucking tell that you're not singing the right notes, okay. it pisses me off. It really makes me fucking angry. You, and you listen to a lot of artists that do that? No, it's people. <laughs> it's just other people, like normal everyday people. Group singing? I don't get like because I do karaoke and and I'm like I don't expect everyone to be good I, and in fact I like it when people suck at karaoke but, but I mean one that's, thing that's that, kind of the charm of it that's when it's fun I know I know I know it's fine if you suck at singing but I don't understand tone deafness and that's why I want to talk about it because I found some scientific explanations for it that uh-huh. make me less angry about it. Because I'm like, how can you not tell that this note that is the correct note is not the same note as what's coming out of your fucking mouth? I I remember (laughs) hearing something somewhere about uh, you can actually train people if they don't know. You can train them and show them what they're doing wrong. And then after that, they kind of get it. Yeah, it's it's like a learned thing. Yeah, it's not something you just instantly do. I never had an issue with it. Like, I can match tones and everything. Yeah, well, I'm about to make you take a fucking tone deafness test before we do this article. I also found one on getting electrocuted on Uh, stage. Sorry, I know that has nothing... That sounds like it has nothing to do with our fucking show, but... um, I was reading about... Uh, yeah, on stage, especially if it's an outdoor one and it starts raining. That's a big problem. And that's another thing I don't understand is electricity. So, like, <laughs> we're learning some shit. That's why I'm excited for these, because I'm going to learn something new instead of covering something I've already okay. heard about a billion times. But, um, yeah, I, I was covering some episode or some... I don't fucking know what I was doing. And I saw something about a person getting shocked uh-huh. on stage. And I was like, I need to know more about was it that shocked shit. Or electrocuted, because there is a difference. You'll have to explain on the next episode. <laughs> we'll cover both of those. Coming I'll try. Up soon. Ho- hopefully, I'm right. 
I I know a little bit about electricity. So, well, you can take the electricity uh, angle from now, and I'll keep explaining gangs to people. Does that sound good? (laughs) Yeah, that works. Yeah, because yeah, stay in your fucking lane. All right, thanks for listening. Rest in peace. Oh, later. Death by Music podcast is written and produced by Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.